0: A progression of a Transgression a progression of a war we ain't asked for. progression of a war we ain't asked for.
1: This madness, yo. All the things that we could talk about. Call it. But let's talk about these urban circumstances real quick. And basically, it's the. And. Yeah, um, we got this. So. Revolution. Muhammad is the same name. Forever stand. Standing on royal, fusing of justice for the few, ridiculed by the pale terrorist bent on genocidal obsession, rooted in
0: fear of neglection and abandonment, fueled by nightmares of ancestors. Truth,
1: because at the end of the day, I still want to be able to, to... I don't dislike George Washington. The kind of, of friends I think my friends should be Even like my some friends.
0: My place. friends are the kind of friends I think everyone needs. My friends see the things at times I don't see. My friends hate the police.
1: Nothing but the inner child trying to see you.
0: You gonna look? You gonna pick up that book? Lord, keep
1: me far from the face. Guide me through night and day. Teach me your ways. Show me the righteous way to sway. Lord, can you teach me, please? Show me the way, I say. Welcome to another episode of the Urban Conservative to Grand Risings, Grand Risings, Grand Risings. Today, uh, we are brought to you by the Leon Block Independent. Well, let me take that back because we, we're not, we got a different name now. Uh, Grand Risings. And welcome back to another episode of the Urban Conservative with Chaz Neal. We're excited to have you join us. On this journey of thoughtful discourse and community engagement. The Urban Conservative is proudly sponsored by the Leon Block Network, an organization committed to promoting transparency, truth and accountability in our media landscape. Here at the Urban Conservative, our mission remains steadfast to bring you the latest news directly from the streets, addressing critical topics such as gun violence, crime, politics and perhaps most importantly, exploring solutions to the profound challenges our communities face. It's time to actively contribute to the transformation of our communities for the better. How can we achieve this? That lies in a multifaceted approach that starts with reconnecting with our core family values, strengthening our sense of community is paramount, fostering bounds that transcend the barriers that often divide us. Moreover, it involves embracing our foundational roots, recognizing the historical and cultural threads that weave through the fabric of our society. We are calling for more than words. We seek action. It's a plea to move beyond mere rhetoric and engage in tangible, impactful initiatives that contribute to positive change. The time for empty words has passed. Now more than ever, we need to put our convictions into action. Together, united by a common purpose, we can make a substantial and lasting difference in the well-being of our communities. So today, we are gonna be talking about Constitutional Chronicles, unveiling the Bill of Rights for freedom's sake. Uh, but before we get into the Bill of Rights, and you know, cause we're, we're gonna go over that. I wanted to talk about a story that, you know, I don't think a lot of people uh, really know about or, you know, even uh, have even learned. And, and that is Elizabeth Key, uh, who was born in 1630 in Virginia to an enslaved African mother and a white planter father, became the first woman of African descent in the North American colonies to sue for and win her freedom in 1656. Her case, represented by William Grinstead, hinged on her father's English status, her prolonged indentured servitude, and her baptism as a Christian. Despite innocently losing in appeal courts, a committee determined she was free based on her father's status in baptism. Elizabeth's victory challenged emerging concepts of whiteness in colonial Virginia. Unfortunately, laws granting freedom based on baptism were later overturned in the 1700s, reinforcing racialized slavery. Elizabeth Key's story underscores the fluidity of status and the potential for challenging discriminatory systems in history. Um, I just wanted to play a little video of Elizabeth key uh, real quick. So let's let's play that real quick.
2: they sued for her freedom on the basis that her father was free and also because by then she had uh, become christian and in english common law the, the paternity or the status of a child derived from the father and it was also so against english common law people begin to equate legality with morality right or conflate the legal implications of
3: something with, like, the ethical nature of it.
0: My baby will not suffer the same fate that was unjustly given to me. I've already suffered enough for the both of us.
1: We deserve our freedom.
0: The jury agreed colonial court ruled in her favor in 1655. Quote, Elizabeth ought to be free. She and her family were awarded compensation for the additional 10 years she endured of enslavement.
1: Clearly this frustrated the
0: ruling
3: elite.
1: As we can see, you know, there was a <laughs> before there was ever even what we're going to talk about today, the Bill of Rights, you know, the, the, the our amendments, you know, our freedom of speech. Um, you know, our, our, our right to bear arms. Um, and I, I want to get into that closely today I want to talk about the key amendments that uh, give us our rights and, and, and our freedoms and I don't think people fully understand that because we've gotten further through lawsuits and, and fighting for our rights then I believe and then through these you know uh, civil rights bill through affirmative action, through uh, DEI because as we see, even with in today, you know, uh, yesterday, we've seen uh, Claudine Gay from Harvard University, the president, resign uh, over plagiarism and for the simple fact that she wouldn't uh, condemn it, a genocide. And I feel like our, you know, I, I don't know who Claudine Gay is. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I don't know who the lady is. I didn't know about her until, you know, three, I believe presidents went up and, and spoke to Congress. Uh, I do know that I feel like affirmative action and DEI only sets us backwards and it we're not looked at, you know, based off of merit, based off of our work. And I feel like that's the problem is because this legislation, you know, sets us backwards instead of people looking at us for merit they look at us as like the only reason why we got here is because of our skin color and because of the simple fact that we have legislation written for us but have we seen in history with vivian thomas yesterday you know we talked about vivian and the things that he was able to do today we talked about elizabeth key we learned about elizabeth key because i never knew you know so there's so many stories that we have in our past as you know black people that we see that people have fought based on their brain not because of advancing because of politics or because of your 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 local senator feels bad and he's met, guilted you know half of america to to see that oh we need the right legislation but at the end of the day it's not based off of us And that is the problem it's not based off of us you know i've seen something that ben crump shared on twitter and was talking about this new bill about minority businesses and it's always funny to me how you know they always want to bunch us in and instead of just writing legislation for blacks because then it'll be seen as racist but one yet you bunch it in for everybody it's okay but yet when there was an asian hate bill i didn't see people in an uproar but every time it's something to do with black people it it, it's such a uh, a trigger And, and i will never understand that i will never understand why it's a trigger for for people because i at the end of the day i don't want you know, uh, I don't want to be be given an opportunity because of, of my skin color. I want an opportunity because of my my knowledge, because of my, my work ethic, because of the fact that uh, I'm not a quitter. And I think people, would, we would get further if people seen that than the simple fact of, oh, I only got there because first of all, maybe I'm a black woman or I'm a black man. Or i'm a gay black man or i'm a gay trans man but you know what i'm saying i don't even know if you can be gay and trans I, I don't know i love all that ain't that ain't my place to explain none of that uh, you know what i'm saying but I, I look at it and so that's really what i want to get into today and i found a, a video that's about eight minutes long uh that explains Bill of Rights, and and, and what it's there for, and why, to me, I mean, it's not going to get into, uh, you know, talking about, oh, well, we need this because of that, or that, no, this is going to explain the first 10 amendments to our Constitution, so, let me play this real quick.
3: in class, we've talked about the Declaration of Independence. We talked about the Constitution. Now we're going to talk about the Bill of Rights. Now, the Bill of Rights really is part of the Constitution, but it's a a special part of the Constitution. It is the first 10 changes or 10 amendments to the Constitution. Now, let me back up just a little bit and emphasize again, the writing of the Constitution really was a monumental task. Getting enough of the former colonies to agree on What would become the founding document that was going to outline how the government of this new country would be organized was an incredible task of compromise, of give and take, of cooperation, and it was a commitment to producing the best possible document for its time. It was not perfect though. Many of those who we call the framers of the Constitution, these were people who argued and contributed to the writing of the Constitution. They acknowledged that it did not satisfy every state, and it did not provide adequate protections for individuals in the new country. Even at the Constitutional Convention itself, where the Constitution was written, several delegates voiced their concern about this. And, and once the Constitution was, uh, was sent out to be ratified, almost immediately, James Madison began working on possible changes to the Constitution. Now, again, anytime there's a change, we call it an amendment. The Bill of Rights are these first 10 amendments, And it's a very difficult process. In fact, there's only been a total of 27 amendments in the whole history of our country. And of those 27, the first 10 of them come from the Bill of Rights. So with that introduction, I wanna talk about some specific Bill of Rights. We're not gonna talk about all 10. We're gonna talk about the first, second, fourth, fifth, and sixth amendment. Now next year, when you have your US government class, you'll have a chance to talk about all the amendments. And and not only just the first 10, but the 27 as well, too. But for this class, we want to give you just a brief introduction to some of the more well-known, more popular of amendments. Now, the First Amendment is ones that you're probably familiar with. There's the freedom of religion. There's the freedom of speech. There's a the freedom of the press. There's And then, of course, the last one, the freedom to peacefully assemble. Now, these First Amendment rights are not absolute, meaning you can't say Whatever you want to, whenever you want to. You can't use threatening speech against somebody. Uh, and the freedom of the press is also limited. You can't use slander against somebody or or, or, or intentionally smear uh, their reputation to, to do them harm. Um, and the idea of peacefully assemble, you cannot just get a, a group of people together. There's rules that you need to follow, but you do have a constitutional right to be able to get groups together. Sometimes it just involves Uh, putting together a a simple permit from the area that you want to assemble. But that is the First Amendment right. The Second Amendment, this one is still even debated quite hotly today. It guarantees the right to bear arms, but even the idea of bearing arms is still debated today. What does constitute arms? Does it include any uh, any firearms, any weapons, any guns? Um, there are limits to this as well, too. There's some people who, do, who no longer have the Second Amendment right. If they're convicted as a felon, generally speaking, they, they cannot, then for the rest of their lives, generally they cannot legally have a firearm. Um, but also, too, to again, what constitutes a firearm? What, what, what if somebody wanted to have a bazooka, like a, a, shoulder, um, a shoulder-held rocket launcher or, or an atomic weapon? Generally speaking, there are limits to the Second Amendment, but as it's been interpreted today, is that that we do have a right to bear arms. The Fourth Amendment. This is a right to privacy in your houses, your papers, and your effect. This essentially is for individuals' right. When when do we have an expectation of privacy? No things. Uh, we can't have things like unreasonable searches and seizure of your property. In a sense. The, the middle picture that I see that you see right there, generally speaking, the police need to have a warrant if they want to come into your home. If you don't invite them in, they can, legally cannot come into your home and and, uh, and seize or, or take things that are in your home. Now, if you let them in, that changes everything. But like that, Matt says, come back if you have a warrant. They need to go convince a judge that there's there's a reason why they need to go in and search your home. It's the same as policemen policeman if you're walking down the street. If they don't have something called probable cause, or if you're driving in your car, a policeman cannot search your car unless there's something called probable cause. Uh, You'll have a chance to discuss that in detail uh, next year in your civics class. One of the the more recent issues that's come up is with the NSA, the National Security Administration. Um, It's been revealed that they have uh, been collecting all sorts of information on its citizens, uh, ideas as far as your web searches. Your web activity your your cell phone conversations or at least uh, who you have called your text messages all this has been been collected by the nsa and this has brought up the issue do they have a right to do that or does the fourth amendment protect us as citizens to have an expectation of privacy when we're on our cell phones or when we're surfing the computer those types of things surfing the internet on our computers that's the fourth amendment now the fifth amendment you're probably familiar with this idea Uh, Called I Plead the Fifth, and I'm going to get to that in a second. But the first one I want to talk about is something called double jeopardy. And it states you cannot be tried for the same crime more than one time. Essentially, the government, if they feel they have a case against you and they take you to court, take you to trial, they have one opportunity uh, to find you guilty. And if the jury or if the judge finds you innocent, that's it. They got one shot. They cannot continue to keep. Uh, charging you over and over and over again until they try to get the guilty verdict. Double jeopardy. They got one one shot at you, and that's all. You cannot be forced to testify against yourself at trial. And this is probably where you've heard that phrase, I plead the fifth, meaning that if you do go to trial, you don't have to say a thing. You can have your attorney speak for you the whole time. You do not have to get up and testify on your behalf. And the last one of the Fifth Amendment is your property rights, private property, cannot be taken for public use without you being compensated. Now, here I have a picture. I believe this one came from China where somebody didn't want to sell the property. So they just built a road all the way around it. I, I don't know much more, but I thought it was a funny picture, but generally speaking, when, when a a county or a state or the federal government, if they're building a freeway or a road or an airport, uh, a large project like that. And if your private property is in the way, um, Essentially, they'll come in, something called eminent domain, which has been a, a touchy issue, but they'll come in and, and they'll seize that property from you, but they have to compensate you for it. You may not be happy with the compensation, but at least they have to give you something, a certain amount of money for that. Now, the last amendment we want to talk about is the Sixth Amendment. You do have rights. If you're accused of a crime and you're taken to court, you do have rights. Now, the first one is you have a right to a speedy and public tri- trial. So that trial has to happen in a speedy. Now, that's a little bit of a sloshy term, but they can't just throw you in jail and let you sit there for 10 years without sending you, uh, giving you a trial or a trial date. And and that that can be a public trial so everybody can see. You do have the right as a defendant to decide if you want your guilt or innocence to be determined by a jury or to be determined by a judge. And you can also question witnesses against you at trial. So if there are people that are coming at your trial and testifying against you, you have a right or your attorney has a right to question those witnesses. And the last one is you you have a right to have assistance, a lawyer to help you with your defense, because quite honestly, if if you go to trial, if you haven't been trained in law, you're not a professional. But yet the prosecutor, that is what they do day in and day out. They are a professional and they'll be very good at your job at their job. So you would want to hire or get the best attorney possible. The Sixth Amendment gives you that right that somebody can speak on your behalf. So there you go. You got some of the biggies of the of the uh, the amendments of the Bill of Rights. You just got a little bit smarter. Most people.
1: So. Hmm. <coughs> What do people think? I, I know, me personally, I feel like there's so many things that we could do as people united than sit here going to vote with when at the end of the day these people ain't for us. And that's what I, I really want to talk about. I want to get into the First Amendment, is because you see right now, especially um in, in Minnesota. You know they want to take away our um our right to to speak at public public meetings um and and that's the the problem for me is i don't understand it of why don't people pay attention so let me share the screen real quick. I want because I want people to see that I couldn't believe it. And but at the end of the day, I don't think people fully understand what's going on. So as you see, public losing voice at meetings, open government advocates say limits instituted to calm pandemic era anger are stifling transparency. Now, how don't people see that as an issue that they are trying to take away? our voice they are, are attempting to take away our first amendment right because they want our vote but yet when it comes to you know hearing what we have to say about what goes on in our community they do not they don't want nothing to do with it because they're restricting our our voices and they're restricting them bad but yet people don't care and and to me That's the issue because we want to educate people so that we we do care about what's going on in our communities and we do care about what's happening in our streets because I don't see enough people educating themselves. I, 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 I don't, you know, and to me, that's sad is because we literally have people that are behind bars for speaking up for standing up for their rights uh and then you have people out here that are are protesting and speaking up trying to change the legislation and help people that are wrongfully convicted and yet our Bill of rights doesn't you know depending on what say you what what way you see politically is the way that justice goes and that to me that's sad that's sad to me is how we have a two-tier justice and it's crazy to me how you have certain people that can use it to their advantage and and call it out when at the end of the day and all because of the eyes of politics but the law is the law and it i don't i don't i will never understand how we can criminalize and demonize people all because of a skin color but yet when other people do those types of things and they're white they're right you know because I, I i'm going to talk about it alpha news you know they just did a interview the other day with some westbury from lindstrom and they have trial coming up next month you know they're j6ers uh, and talking about how it's a two-tier justice system Liz, I don't see you talking about Timothy Magruder. I don't see you talking about Marvin Haynes. I don't see you talking about Cornelius Jackson. I don't see you talking about Philip Vance. But yet you'll talk to people that your readers, right? That you're the people that you want to trigger, you'll write for them. Now, how isn't that two-tiered? Because it's all the same. That all of this is is fear-mongering right? It's it's never about trend. That's just like how they did the fall of Minneapolis. That is in the eyes of a a, a Republican. That is in the eyes of, of of a blue wall of silence, right? Because they don't want to blame the system. They want to blame the Democrats. It's not about and, and that's the whole crazy thing of it is right here, right? Because when we sit here and we talk about a two-tier justice system, judicial system, that's what it is. Because if you're on one side and, 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 and you're you're against police brutality, you're in the wrong, right? But on the other side, they're all for the police, even though they know you, the system is bogus and you guys say that there's good cops. But yet, Won't call out the system. You'll rather call out the people that are protesting it, that are literally sounding the alarms, and they're the bad guy. And then we have organizations that will deflect, distract from the goal, from the main objective, so that they can keep on getting money in their pockets. That's what this is about. The church wants you to feel good when you go in there on a Sunday. But as soon as you leave that church, you're walking outside the bullshit. You're walking outside the bullshit because here in America, as a black man, you can't even pray in a church parking lot without being criminalized. Without even being criminalized. You can't walk down the street Without being a suspicious person, especially if you're in certain neighborhoods. Driving while black, how many people have been pulled over for that? Right? Because I really want to get into the Sixth Amendment. It ensures the rights of criminal defendants, including the right to a speedy and public trial, the right to an impartial trial the right to be informed of the nature and the cause of accusations, the right to confront witnesses, and the right to legal representation. And now, as we talk about this, this Sixth Amendment, because this is a big one, and as we're talking about this, this two-tier justice system, we have to really think about it because when have Black people ever had any type of accountability or even even type of justice for the simple fact of the juries, those aren't a juror of our peers because most of our peers aren't even registered voters. So how is that a peer? Just because they live in the same county or the same city doesn't make them a peer. So literally when you're going up to to a jury trial you're getting constituents who go register to vote because we've all heard it we've heard you know and the, the jerry half trial the murder trial we've seen how it was a juror of 12 whites and the only three blacks couldn't do trial couldn't do jury trial because of the simple fact of They had low weight paying jobs and couldn't, their jobs wouldn't cover them being gone. And they got bills to pay. But if you work a salary job, that's already included. So you don't tell me how this justice system hasn't always been flawed. And it's fundamentally flawed at that. And it's designed to be fundamentally flawed. Because it's such, a, such chaos and, and havoc is the first reason why we can't get anywhere. Because we can't even get to the core issue of it because of so much deflect, distract, so much conspiracy theory, so much, oh, that's propaganda. That's a narrative, even though it's the truth. I, I will never understand that. But I, I'm glad to see that people are waking up and realizing and calling the shit out for what it really is that, that it's bullshit. That is bullshit. That is, bu- it's all handouts. Because we have a border on our crisis. We have a crisis at our border. We have a crisis in our sanctuary cities. We have a crisis with homelessness. We have a crisis with overdoses we have a crisis structural racism but you think they're trying to solve any of that when's the last time i seen any protests about police brutality what still happens on a daily basis even though i know they're bombing in gaza i know they're bombing in ukraine i know they're doing things in the middle east right but here on our home turf how many people still dying because it seems like people forget about Steve Perkins, Keenan Anderson, Tyree Nichols. Jaheen McMillan. Eric Holmes. We still got families out here fighting for justice. We still got families out here fighting for justice. You know, Larry, that that's a, you asked a very good question. Um, do I see it like that? Um, I don't really believe that we're gonna have, you know, I know everybody talks about this great civil war, right? You know, it's crazy to me. And, and, and I would love people to really, I would really like, people aren't as racist as people think. I'm gonna be honest with that, right? I've came to a conclusion and I, it's not even a conclusion, but when I sit here and I have conversations with people that s- they swear are racist, I have more in common with them about our community, about education, about uh, home ownership, about business ownership than I do with liberals. So I really do, I don't. I will say this. I don't like Trump. And, and it has nothing to do with um him politically it has to what him to do as a person right that's why i don't like trump the end at the end of the day um for me it'll it'll either be andy williams who is is independent the people's party or it'll be ronda DeSantis. um i'm not going with trump or biden i'm definitely i will probably never vote democrat again and if I vo- do vote Democrat, it'll be because of the person's policies and not because of, we, because they supposedly support Black people. No, I'm voting on policies, policies that take care of us first, right? Because that's what we need. We need people that are focused on helping their own backyards before we go out here and, and, and want to help everybody because we're not Captain Saberho if we're going to be captain say let's save our own communities first before we out here tricking it because we definitely ain't got it and it's tricking if we ain't got it come on now ain't that one thing that everybody learned it ain't tricking if you got it well we ain't got it because we tricking we're what 39 trillion dollars in debt how, how why are we out here tricking because we definitely ain't taking care of home and that's why the family that's why the foundation is so messed up you know you know i've looked at that i've, I've looked at that larry I, honestly i i don't know blue states aren't doing any better um and honestly i think it has to do more with our economy right now than anything because everybody's suffering all the way from small businesses uh you know, I just seen a report today, of, you know, with minimum wage going up and how the what was it, a Big Mac is going to potentially be fifteen dollars soon. Like they're really, well, and that's what people don't understand is that cost of living goes up. You know, we want wages to go up. Everything else goes up. Gas, everything has a trickle down effect. Everything has a trickle-down effect. Uh, you know, uh is there really any name me any conservative large-scale cities? I, I don't know any. Now, to be honest, I, I don't know any big city that I've I've had any experience of working with they're more i see more liberals more socialists i don't really see any conservative um and if there is there it's small you know what i'm saying i mean i look at minneapolis i look at chicago philadelphia new york what do you see there you see liberals you see uh you know and 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 that's the problem and we see there's such a a a big difference between rural and, and urban Hmm. Liberals literally make more money than conservatives. Why is that? Who? You know. um, Damn. Let's talk about that. Um, for me, you know, I damn. That's really good. Um, I don't know. I, I can't really. I think liberals are always trying to undercut people. They're always, you know, it's it, it's like a dog-eat-dog, dog, right? It's never nobody looking out for the little guy. And I think that, to me, that liberals keep their shit so good and, and, and tight in, in a circle that I can't even really say that, though. Because that, to me, really, what I just said didn't make any sense at all. And, and to me, really, I honestly, uh, liberals make more money than conservatives. I don't know if that's true either. You know what I'm saying? I think it is. Um, I think it's all based on the person. I don't think it's really um, right. That's true. More liberals leave their hometowns for better education opportunities while conservatives are told that colleges turn you get damn oh wow that's something I didn't know and and honestly I can't really say that as so let's pull it back a minute right and when we talk about liberals and conservatives because I'll tell you right now most black families especially growing up in the 80s and the 90s and the 70s let's say 70s 80s and 90s especially even in urban areas we're raised as conservatives we were raised in that conservative uh you know family first i don't see that and i think that's why we've literally gone towards more independence oh i don't need no nigga. I don't and then you see motherfuckers like, i don't need no woman so it's it's such a an independence of people thinking that they don't need nobody but then yet on the really on the low low you're on you're getting medicaid you're getting food stamps you're getting you know uh, section eight so everybody needs somebody but there's ways that we can do it together and i don't think people fully understand that do you see liberals mad at all the low paying jobs that illegals are stealing from them hell no and that's the crazy part. They're they they do not care. And I think that's what people are fully gonna understand is like even just I seen a post on Facebook and they were talking about how they went to the their fast food restaurant and the cashier couldn't even speak English. Oh yeah. Definitely. But if you look at the the areas of where see and this is what the crazy thing of it is, right? because i I i'm not i'm not gonna say i can debunk that but i can make people think differently about that because okay so we'll per capita are red states but you look at those areas right what are they you look at those several federal welfare recipients per capita red states you look at those top seven and you look at the area where they're looking at because i guarantee it you look at the voter base it's blue it's blue. See, the only difference when it comes to to Minnesota is our inner cities, our urban areas are liberal. Right. And where we have the most people. So you get out to the rural areas, which is spread out. This, the, the the counties become longer, but the population becomes smaller. And you look at the top several federal welfare recipients. Look at that. And I guarantee it. All seven of them will be highly liberal democrat areas kentucky arkansas so how because if we're going to talk about little rock that is a liberal area uh we'll talk louisville liberal area um some of the biggest areas in kentucky come on you you got to really think about it you think about the biggest areas and you, and you tell me, no, you look at the, look at the areas, especially, I don't know about West Virginia. I haven't been there, but I've been to Kentucky and I've been to Arkansas. Uh, I've only drove through West Virginia. I'm, ain't nobody blaming. That's the, where have you heard me blame? Where have you heard me blame liberals? It's policies. If you have, just because a state might be a certain, this is like in Minnesota, right? That's why I don't believe in the polls, even with the the Trump and the and all of them the, the, the polls, because them polls are bullshit. Because if we would have went by polls, I did not blame. No, it's not. How? If you have control, if you have control, how is that blaming? That's not blaming. it's that's just facts it's not weak it's facts and 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 at the crazy today you can blame because it all goes by legislation we have legislation that is handout legislation and at the end of the day you look at those areas and what are they it's not to blame because it conservative here's the thing republicans and democrats it, they're the same thing it's the same coin there's no difference and that's the problem people literally think we're dealing with something different we're not it's just one one side is heads the other top the other side is tails that's all it is there's no difference between them but we want to think there is there is no difference. now you look in the biggest poorest areas right you look in the louisville do the research man i've done i can't talk about west virginia but we'll talk about kentucky and arkansas look at their cities look at the cities that you're talking about yeah undereducated definitely i I agree with that I'm, i'm never i'm not gonna not disagree with that but again if you look at the state, though, like Kentucky and Arkansas, and you look in those cities, it doesn't matter about the legislation when you can literally those cities. Research moms, basements. Yeah, you can do that, too. You can definitely do that, too. But that's the that's just the way it is. You sit here and you look at. Uh, let's see. Hold on, on Twitter. Twitter. Um, I'll take this a step further. I've met plenty of black nationalists, never had a problem with one of them some of them are black christian nationalists never had a problem with one of them even black separatists don't agree with this america oh uh, this is if you can't fire somebody who works for you that means they don't work for you it means you work for them you are their slave it's time to shut down most government agents let's see what he's talking about
2: amazing people doing amazing things throughout this country and we need to empower them Mm -hmm. not strip away their their control so i think that's That's like exactly what
0: this campaign's about i mean a big part of that concentration is not just the federal government it's the managerial bureaucracy in the federal government right because when the federal government's one thing it's congress senate and the white house but there's a relationship between the separation of powers and federalism and so when the separation of powers becomes itself hollowed out by a federal bureaucracy. Yep. Not only do you lose the separation of powers, you lose federalism yep. because that's actually what they take back from the states. And so a big part of what I'm taking on the top domestic agenda is dismantle the administrative state yep. I and mean, shut down the unconstitutional fourth branch. But we have an unconstitutional fourth branch. It's also a threat to federalism. Itself. Absolutely. Right? So that's actually a big part of that. It's a good insight to hear that from your vantage point. I usually talk about it as restoring the three branches. Yeah. But actually part of this is restoring federalism
2: yeah. itself. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a and good that- insight. Cuts, that cuts across the political spectrum. Oh, it does, absolutely. I mean, I've got Bernie Sanders liberals who oh, totally. complain about having their local control taken away. And and it's not and a partisan point. Of it's not, right? not a
0: partisan it should we will, you you debate it locally. That's fine. But it, but it's not supposed to have been it's decided an, by I mean this I is like an
2: this is a this is some, part of our American identity. Yeah. Going back to seventeen seventy
0: five. It is it is
2: right and it's something that I think is still really strong here. And if we have a good messenger who's, who's pointing it out and can sort of elicit that from a lot of different people, cut through the BS. I mean, people are sick and tired
3: mm-hmm. of politics.
0: Totally. I and mean, you know that. Yeah. You know,
3: it's, it's, it is in many ways
2: a 1776 like moment.
0: It. I feel, yeah, you probably feel that way. I mean, I, and I love that you actually have your hat still as a business operator and owner too. So that American identity. Right. Three branches of government with the system of federalism. That's who we are. Right.
3: It's not that complicated. Yeah. Hmm.
1: So what do people think about that? Is 2024 our 1776 moment? Is this where we, we the people, take America back? Of what our Constitution allows us and gives us? Right? We get rid of the amendments that keep people down. Do we get rid of the, the legislation that keeps people down? Do we get rid of the legi- the legislation that doesn't make it for equality? And that gives out excellence and equity instead of equality? Think about it. Think about it. You know, today we talked about the, the amendments. We talked about Elizabeth key we talked about you know we could talk about so much in history and the, and what plays out to the in today's times so the First Amendment protects the freedom of speech religion press assembly and the right to petition the government and ensures that individuals have the right to express their thoughts and beliefs without government interference do we see that i don't no i don't um second amendment protects the right to bear arms it asserts the individual's right to own and carry firearms subject to certain regulations see they left that open certain regulations because then it's a a privilege and not a right but again people don't understand that prohibits the government The Third Amendment prohibits the government from quartering soldiers in private homes during times of peace without the owner's consent. This amendment is a response to the quartering acts imposed by the British government on American colonists. I don't think we'll ever have to uh, have to deal with that. The Fourth Amendment protects against unreasonable searches and seizures. It requires that search warrants be issued only upon probable cause supported by old, our or affirmation that they've described a place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. Now, again, they weaponize that because at the end of the day, they lie, cheat, steal to get what they want. And that's part of the problem because again, it's fundamentally flawed. Uh, the fifth amendment, guarantees several rights to individuals accused of crimes including the right to a grand jury indictment for serious offenses, protection against double jeopardy, the right against self-incrimination, the right to due process of law, and protection of private property from government seizure without just compensation. But again, we've seen that all the time. We see them take things and never repay it. We see them take things and never be accountable for their actions. Uh, The sixth amendment ensures the right of criminal defendants, including the right of a speedy and public trial, the right to an impartial jury, the right to be informed of the nature and cause of accusations, the right to confront witnesses and the right to legal representation. These amendments collectively represent fundamental principles of justice, individual liberties and limitations on government power playing a crucial role in shaping the legal and constitutional framework of the United States. Um, That's a lot to to sit there and to, I don't know how many people had civics growing up uh, in high school. I don't know how much people talked about our, what our executive, what our legislative, um, you know, types of government and executive. I don't know if people really fully understand that, but I think we as people need to educate ourselves um, going forward and seeing why our communities are the way that they are, why our politics are the way that they are, why our religion now is so scrutinized and so political, uh, why the music, you know, our kids are listening to, or the movies, why is it everything that we see is something to do with politics? Politics, this, politics that. But yet we, we don't care about what goes on in our in our own backyards. So I want people to, to think about that today and uh, thank you people for you know commenting, thank you for uh, tuning in today to the Urban Conservative. Uh, I'll be back again tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, same time. Win or fail, freedom or jail, heaven or hell. Wish me well. Y'all have a great one. Every day, fighting for my life. Every day, fighting for my life. Fighting for my life. Thought was rock, I think not, fire, but desire to rise above denial, to rise from former ashes, to face in new trial, trial, or, or triumph, I am enough,
3: trial, to triumph.